0: Your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. The triangle formation of the near side, J.D. split out left. They look left, back to throw is Adrian. He could step up and he's going to try to run for the pylon. He's to the five, he lays out, he's in! That's a two-point play for Nebraska, and they tied this game in Champaign at 35 apiece. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Welcome to Groundhog Day. Just doing this over and over and over and over again. Another rumor, Big Ten football might be coming back sooner than later. But is there any teeth to it? Wow. Welcome, Friday night edition of Sports Island here on the Husker Sports Network. Hope you had a great week. Hope you're going to have a good weekend. Hope you have some good plans made. It is going to cool down a little bit this weekend, and that's okay. I mean, it's not going to get cold, but it's going to get out of the 90s for a few days and get outside and enjoy some... Another summertime weekend here. Here's what we have coming up on the program. Let me just set that first before we launch into the topics of the day. Evan Bland's going to be here from the Omaha World Herald in a couple of minutes. Evan covers both Husker football and baseball. He's written some things about Will Bolt and that staff and all the recruiting they've been getting done uh, over the summer as they put their team together, hopefully, to play baseball in the spring of 2021. So we'll talk about that and the, the football. Evan's been covering the players' lawsuit against the Big Ten Conference. So a lot to talk about with Evan coming up in a few minutes. Doug Duda, who is a half of the duo that the Doug and Daddy show out on the Carney hastings area, is going to join us in hour number two. We're going to talk some high school football, particularly about some of the teams out in that part of the state, as tonight's the first full Friday of high school football. There were four games last week. There were a couple of games around the state last night. And then it all gets cranked up tonight. So all the high school stadiums, in fact, some of you may be driving to a stadium near you to go watch some high school football tonight. Hydrate if you're going out. Still pretty warm, even though the sun will be going down here before too long. So Doug will join us in hour number two. We'll have Beyond the Headlines also in the second hour, our weekend preview. We'll have our Week in Review and our Winners and Losers of the Week all coming up in hour number three. And as always, phone lines are there and available for you at 531 uh, 500 That also doubles up as our U.S. Cellular text line. U.S. Cellular, the official wireless provider of Husker Athletics. So, Ben, late last night the story gets posted. I didn't see it until I woke up this morning from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, so a reputable paper. Uh, saying that the Big Ten is now exploring starting their football season around the Thanksgiving weekend and trying to play 11 games and not eight or six or whatever some of the other formulas have been out there and that the coaches are pushing for this. The ADs are pushing for this. There was even rumors today that started flying that the coaches were on a conference call can't confirm that. In fact, some coaches have denied that there was a conference call today. They generally have their conference calls on Thursday. Um, so this all bubbles up again, uh, and you figure if, the, if it's the Milwaukee Journal-Sentinel, the, their sources would most likely be in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, which is about an hour and a half from Milwaukee. That's the, the closest Big Ten school that that paper covers. Uh, it certainly got picked up by a lot of the national media, that confirmed that this is on the table, this is being talked about, this is being kicked around to do that then. I don't – I guess I don't quite understand this. Ben, I mean, are you going to try to play some games on campuses in late November and December when the snow starts to fly around Big Ten country? Uh, Are you going to try to just go to all the domes, and how expensive is that going to be if you try to play 11 weeks for everybody in the league in dome stadiums? I, mean, I think the cost would be really high for this um what's your take on this thing that popped up today
1: yeah i don't, it it's hard it's hard to say i mean i think i think my biggest take is that and and, and i don't wanna i don't wanna read too much into this situation be is it is it gonna happen I don't know maybe but i think the bottom line here greg and and i think this kind of fits fits the, 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 the overall theme of the last month, and that is that nobody is seeing this on the same page. Everybody's on different pages. Everybody has different agendas. Everybody wants something different to happen. Um, not only are we all over the map with how players feel, I feel like the coaches are pretty unanimous in this. Most players are, are unanimous. Um I think once you get to the athletic directors they're kind of split on what they want to happen the presidents are definitely split and then you've got the local governments right the governors and 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 they seem to be all over the map on on what they want to do and so that that is my biggest takeaway but I just continue to wonder a couple of things and Kevin Warren has taken an absolute beating. He looks like a, a fighter after a 15-round fight after the last couple of weeks to a month, as he probably should. But at the same time, you have those people that are saying, stop blaming it on the commissioner. It's it's the it's the presidents and chancellors that are voting. These are the people. He's not the one voting. Look, if, if that was the case, if that was really the case to where – the the, all of this uprising and and they were the ones making the decision the commissioner's got to come down and say look guys we made the decision already okay so stop talking about it move on let's start coming up with a plan of the spring but it seems to be that every theory every report every idea has legs like everything seems realistic comes from reputable sources comes from people that are probably involved in meetings in some capacity so it falls under the commissioner in the in the big 10 office's umbrella so even if they are the ones making the votes and the commissioner has nothing to do with it as the commissioner you got to get a hold of the situation I mean you got to take this thing by the reins and say we're the laughing stock of football right now this this brand that we've built the big 10 conference is is being publicly shamed every day by everybody you would think that even if as a commissioner the person in charge you have people under you that are I wouldn't say being insubordinate but not following along with the plan you got to step in and say this is not what we're doing but we don't know if any of that's happening And, and instead it's theory after theory if he is if the commissioner is indeed involved in this Thanksgiving chatter then then he just looks weak, I mean that, then he looks like he 's being jerked around by all these different people, and at that point, why not just say, "I made a mistake, I jumped the gun and canceled the season we 're going to shoot for a late to September start doesn 't sound like that's going to happen. Uh, Bruce Feldman put out some tweets today that that kind of suggested that maybe that option was still on the table. I still think there's a microscopic percentage that that happens, but it just can, you said Groundhog Day, and it, it is something, it has been something different each time, but the fact of the matter is this thing just won't die and it won't go away. And it keeps, anytime it seems like that door shut, somebody opens it again and there's a little bit of daylight coming through that door. It's just, there, there's no handle on anything of what's going on right now from the Big Ten offices, which is why Nebraska players filed a lawsuit, which is why parents have been, you know, protesting outside their offices because nobody has any idea what's going on and it seems as though everybody's free to do whatever they want and so that that's that's kind of my biggest takeaway is just again there's just no no type of of coordination no type of organization no type of handle on this thing whatsoever I had a buddy at, a, at another Big Ten school text me today saying what's going on I mean it seems like you folks in Nebraska are getting a lot more information than we are up here where we are and I just told him, it's like, I don't know what's going on, but that's the bottom line is nobody has any clue what's going on. And, and the biggest thing, Greg, is whose voice is powerful? Like whose voice are you listening to? That, that's that's – it's just like I don't know what to believe anymore.
0: It's a circus is what it's turned into, and it's really laughable, and it's making the Big Ten look awful around the country. And you're exactly right. Three days ago we came on here, and here's this big winter plan that's being pushed by Penn State, so that's their their agenda. They want this eight-game schedule played in these domes, kick it off first week of January. Pretty obvious with the quotes from that story, that's what their preference is. Now you have the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel coming out. With this plan today, that's obviously what Wisconsin is pushing. this as, as I said in the open, that's, that, that's where the story's coming from. It's coming from Barry Alvarez and the Badgers. This is what their want is. And this is what you get when you have weak leadership. This is what you get when you don't have somebody in charge who says, nope, here's what we're doing, and we're moving forward. I, I mean, and you're right. You, you've got a complete split in this league now. Uh, and the presidents can't agree on this thing. It wasn't a unanimous vote. If there was a vote, it wasn't unanimous. We do know that. Uh, Bill Moose did say all the ADs said that they wanted to push the season back and not cancel it so that they were in agreement. And I think, I think, I don't know for sure, but I think the coaches are in agreement. I think. I'm not totally sure on that one, which is odd, but I think most of them want to play football sooner than later. But you have all. The, you're right. You have all these different entities pulling different directions. And right now, it's glaringly, glaringly obvious that the commissioner has no control over this at all. And you're right. The people that are defending Kevin Warren go back to wherever you came from. Kevin Warren is the commissioner. Kevin Warren is supposed to be handling these things. Did Kevin Warren vote? Is it ultimately his decision? No. But he steers the conversation. He is to guide the boat. He's running this thing up on a shore right now because he is weak. He's not making any decisive decisions, and he's not steering the ship. If Jim Delaney were still in charge, none of this would have happened. I don't know if we'd be playing football right now. He might have made the same decision, but nobody would be going off the reservation making all these different things. And this week alone, we've had Penn State, we've had Wisconsin, and you have the Nebraska Players lawsuit that's getting, getting all this stuff cranked up. And ultimately, it points back back to weak leadership, and that leadership is the commissioner of the Big Ten Conference.
1: Yeah, and the other thing about, and I thought of your point there about Jim Delaney, and I thought about this too, is not only would we have a decision, and there wouldn't be any of this, but there would be transparency. Jim was yeah. always open with what he thought I didn't agree with a lot of what he said there were some things that he did that were great for the league there were other things that he did that I really didn't like that he did for the league like bring Rutgers involved I didn't like that at all but he was open a- about why I mean agree or disagree with the reasons and he stood by those reasons Greg it was it's not like Rutgers got up brought up one time and that was it and then he you know he's never asked about it again he stuck to his guns. He said, this is, this is why. This is the direction we're going as a conference. This is the way it's going to be. And you may not like it, but guess what? We, we all dealt with it. We're all still dealing with it. And, and that's it. There's transparency. There was openness. You know, in the same way when Nebraska got to the league, there wasn't, there wasn't you know, Penn State saying, yes, bring them in, and Iowa saying, no, don't bring them in. And then Minnesota decides to get involved and chime in their two cents and say, well, I don't know if we should do that or not, you know, and then and then there's a vote. There wasn't any of that going on, or at least not to my knowledge. So I I don't think that, again, if if Delaney was in charge here, um, this isn't a story. I mean, we, we made a decision. Look at the Pac twelve. Like how much
0: how much is the the Pac is in the exact same boat the Big Ten is, and we haven't heard boo about None that of this. conference. None of this. And it goes back to the way they released it. They gave the medical documentation. They said, this is what we used. You can view it. You can agree or disagree, but this is what we used to base our decisions. Kevin Warren has two has had two plate appearances with this thing, and he's over 2. He failed the interview with Dave Redson to set the narrative, to answer some questions, to be upfront, And then the letter that he put out a week ago... It, it was also very wishy-washy. Quoting back stats about what the coronavirus has done nationally and worldwide. We know all that. We know all. Tell us what you guys made your ultimate decision. And again, people who want to defend him, he didn't make the decision. You're right. The presidents and the chancellors make the decision. But the commissioner steers the ship. It is his job to carry out the orders of the presidents and the chancellors. And he's failed to distribute that whatever, whatever it was that they came to to make the decision he has failed to get that message across and that's why we have these tentacles floating out from all the different schools around the conference with what they want to do and what their agenda is it's so so frustrating um so yeah i mean another day another part of that as well right before we get to the break and get to evan i do want to just get your thoughts real quick ben on the 17th commitment and boy was nate klaus right who we had on last night when he when I said, is it going to quiet down? And he goes, no, I think there's going to be a couple more coming. Boy, it, it didn't take 24 hours. And here comes A.J. Rollins, the tight end out of uh, Creighton Prep up in Omaha uh, to become the second tight end this week to commit to the Huskers and the second Omaha metro area player, third Omaha metro area player to commit. in this week, you go back to Kobe Bretts on Monday and then Fedoni on Wednesday and now Rollins today. Uh, man, and, and Nate nailed it. He said he probably thought it would be another tight end. He's right. It's AJ Rollins. Uh, your quick take on AJ.
1: Yeah, I think this is great for our community, uh, Nebraska community, the Omaha metro area. Um, you know, AJ Rollins, another, another guy that started to gain a little bit of, of national attention. Uh, six foot six, great size, 230 um you know started to gather a little bit of attention nationally with offers from Iowa State, Missouri, Central Florida so he started to rake in the offers a little bit Sean Becton my goodness I mean that dude is is on absolute fire right now and you know he he was huge in the recruitment of A.J. Rollins and saying he was on the phone with him about every single day Greg if if Scott Frost has a hard time getting a tight end the ball in the next five years, something seriously <laughs> wrong. Because you think about the guys that not only does he have on the roster uh, that's just committed this week, but how about the guys that are currently on the roster that could do some serious damage? So, I mean, this needs to be a position that Nebraska starts utilizing in this offense uh, for multiple reasons. You know, Jacob Hickman last year, I know he had to make that switch to wide receiver, but you 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 start to put to, put these guys together on the field and and only good things can happen from that and you know I was watching some old games today watching games with Kyler Reed at tight end and the way that that Nebraska used to use those tight ends up the sieves with their with their spread I know the schemes are a little bit differently diff, used a little bit differently but to have those tight ends on the field are absolute game changers and these are a couple of them now from our own area um, that, that are coming to campus and you know, you wish to see these guys come in here, yeah, get a little athleticism, some agility and some speed put on them, and, and they're going to be huge weapons in this offense. But without a doubt, another huge one uh, in the state to, uh, to come say yes to Nebraska. So kudos to Sean Becton, kudos to the,
0: to the coaching staff for getting another homegrown product. And what a week it's been for Nebraska Rivals now has Nebraska's class ranked 18th in the country. Started the week before these three in the upper 30s. It's now 18th in the country with the addition of Rollins, Fedoni, and Bretts. Okay, lot to talk about, lot to cover with Evan Bland. We'll get some calls in later on in the hour. We're back with more Sports Nightly next. Welcome back. It's Sports Nightly here on a Friday night. Time am talk a little Huskers football slash baseball. Evan Bland covers all of that for the Omaha World-Herald. You can read his work online as well at Omaha.com. Good evening, Evan. Hey, I bet you, you've you got a few things on your plate. You're keeping busy, right?
2: <laughs> you know, it's, I think that's, that's a great misnomer of, uh, of being a sports reporter is when – Games aren't happening. Everyone assumes that, that we're not doing anything. And, and funnily enough, it's, it's usually quite the, the opposite of that. But, yeah, it's it's a great night. High school football's back. Uh, what's not to like? You used to cover a lot of high school football, didn't you? I did. I was in Western Iowa. I, I covered my fair share of Lewis Central games uh, yeah. all, all over the place. So I'll probably get back at it a little bit this year, given how things are going. But uh, I, I do miss it some. It's, it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's just that, that youthful exuberance just is, is intoxicating. I, I miss getting out to a lot of high school games. Sports not only prevents me from getting out to very many of them, and, and I miss getting out and doing that. Well, you, you've been on, you know, when you cover Husker football, there's a lot of veins that come off of that, and, and, and lately it's been about this lawsuit that the eight players put together uh, that made, did have a court appearance yesterday. What, what's, um, what's the motivation behind this from those guys in your eyes?
2: Right. Well, you know, they, they filed a 13-page complaint yesterday, and their stated goal, and parents have echoed this, they're not part of the lawsuit, but they've, they've stated that kind of the grand goal would be to uh, compel the Big Ten to reverse their decision on postponing fall sports. And, you know, I think that, that remains uh, the longest of long shots at this point. But I think the secondary goal is, is that kind of buzzword that we've been hearing a lot lately, and that's transparency. So if you can... Uh, even if this lawsuit gets thrown out next week, like you're still uh, applying some public pressure to the situation. You're not just kind of taking it uh, and letting letting it go and moving on. You know, you're searching for some accountability. I think, uh, you know, the Big Ten in their hearing yesterday kind of alluded to the fact their their representative alluded to the fact that if, they, if there was a vote in the case, uh, against it kind of falls apart. And you know, I, I think some people around would say, hey, let, let let's see that proof. Absolutely. So uh, you know, I, I think again, they're, they're looking for some kind of accountability. I think emotional closure is a good way to describe it too, Greg, just because uh, you know these guys aren't looking for money, they're not looking for damages. They're looking for reasons why the season was pulled out from under them when they followed protocols six days after the schedule came out. They want to know, we know which presidents voted which way, and they want to know why. What medical evidence was it based on? So they, that's what they're looking for right now, at the very least, some kind of closure. And if there's anything more than that, I think uh, they would consider that a bonus right now.
0: How do both sides argue how much information needs to be revealed? I'm sure the Big Ten doesn't really want to share any of their notes or any of those type of things, where I'm guessing the lawsuit says that should be made available to all of us. What is the argument on both sides for being allowed to see that and and not being allowed to see that?
2: Yeah, well, right now the hearing yesterday was about uh, trying to expedite the, the discovery process, and so that essentially means that the, the Nebraska player attorneys said that they want to get this thing going quickly because okay, the season was supposed to start next week and because the documents that they're looking for uh, are theoretically pretty easy to access in terms of meeting records, minutes, medical information, that sort of thing. Uh, so, you know, their argument is, and I don't know that this will hold up legally, but their argument contends that the Big Ten has a contract with student athletes and by not following the Big Ten, not following its own uh, decision-making processes as it pertains to voting, then that uh, decision invalid. Whereas the Big Ten uh, would contend, and and there's some precedent that I've seen for this, that, that there is no contract formally between the conference and the players Uh, that contract exists between the individual universities and the athletic programs and the players instead. So uh, they they believe, and and their their representative contended again yesterday, that uh, they're not subject to the rules of the Freedom of Information Act, and so that cannot be compelled from them anyway, uh, much less because uh, some student athletes disagree with the decision. So it seems like precedent uh, is on the side of the league here, but again, even if they – come up short in what they're asking for, what this does continue to do, and and, and they're aware of this, is keeps the pressure on, keeps it uh, in the conversation, and and maybe, you know, as we've seen today with talks that the season could begin sometime around Thanksgiving or or even sooner – uh, you know, this dialogue and this uh, kind of side story with the lawsuit, you know, it could end up playing a factor down the road, too. So that's kind of, I think, at the very least what they're trying to accomplish.
0: How did how did the judge leave it at the end of the hearing yesterday?
2: Uh, well, the, the with the way that the. Uh, Nebraska player representatives filed at the big t- and didn't have a lot of time to uh, kind of go with accounts and, and form something of a strategy. So they're, uh, they were given until Monday at 5 o'clock to uh, provide some kind of a written response about why they should or should not uh, allow that early discovery to continue. And then <clears throat> the, the Nebraska player reps would uh, respond to that on Tuesday morning. So right now they're still – going through some procedural things, trying to figure out uh, just how fast they want this discovery process to occur.
0: Gotcha. Evan Land is with us from the Omaha World-Herald. You can read him online as well at Omaha.com. He covers Husker football and baseball. All right, let's shift gears. You you had a piece several days ago about Husker baseball. They're back on campus. I think we saw some – uh, on their Twitter account, some pictures of them having a meeting. They're all sitting up in the stands, and I guess they've cleaned up the field. It was Haymarket Park was kind of left unattended during the summer because the Salt Dogs didn't play there. Uh, even though it's been shut down, it was it was far from uh, an action-free summer, right? I mean, the coaches have been out adding guys to the roster. A lot of the players played all summer long. I mean, it, it's really been a pretty, almost in some ways, a pretty normal summer for baseball, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, you think about you—you you guys know as well as anybody. This thing gets shut down in mid-March, and you think, man, this is going to be uh, an eternal off-season. And and in some ways, it has been with no games. But uh, behind the scenes, Nebraska coaches—they've been doing work, man. I mean, they've—they added 18 uh, newcomers for this particular class, and I believe they added—I uh, think it was seven of those uh, in terms of commitments after the season ended prematurely in March. So they really were, were working there. Um, Eleven players that we're aware of have moved on for various reasons, injuries, transfers, retirement, what, what have you. Um, and so, you know, talking talking with Coach Wilboldt last week, he said, you know, one of the, the silver linings of the early end of the season was it really allowed the coaching staff to zero in on how they wanted their roster to look in twenty twenty. And as as you know, they felt that the pitching was, you this last season, and it was, it was inexperienced, and so they were able to tackle that, they were able to work ahead on future classes, Uh, they retained some of their key seniors like Mojo Haggie and Joe Acker, uh, Luke Roskam, and uh, it really shaped this thing going forward. And I, I, I've just been really impressed with how they did it too. I mean, they had a backup plan for everything. When Aaron Polensky signed as an undrafted free agent with the Yankees organization, uh, they added Luke Sartori within like two days after that. So they had somebody, uh, in mind for every, every possible contingency. Um, and it's going to make for a really interesting fall. If these guys are able to get back onto the field next month, as usual, uh, you're going to see a veteran offense. You're going to see, I think, a revamped pitching staff. It'll be really interesting to see uh, who makes maybe an early move for that weekend rotation. Chase Shanneman, to me, was, is, is kind of the obvious storyline here after he shifts from kind of deposed closer last year to uh, having an excellent summer, uh, kind of off the the, the uh, momentum of the end of his regular season and now potentially a starter next year. So uh, a lot of really interesting storylines to follow and suddenly the team i think there's a lot of excitement for what husker baseball could be next year and and in the next years for sure
0: i um i wouldn't see any reason why they probably couldn't do fall ball i would think that and maybe they can't go play a wichita or kansas like they've done but i would i wouldn't think that any ncaa rules would keep them from having their normal workouts and maybe their red white scrimmage i guess we'll just sit back and see how that plays out how about some of the guys in the summer it seemed like kate povich maybe had himself a pretty good summer
2: yeah, he did. He was he was uh, really good in the Coastal Plains League. Uh, I think he had an ERA around two and he was a starter. And, uh, you know, Shannon, like I mentioned, was really good. Uh, Spencer Schwellenbach was outstanding. I, uh, I think he was in the Northwoods League this summer. And he was someone who coaches often said in the spring uh, kind of hit into a lot of bad luck. And he still hit almost 300 in, in his uh, short season with Nebraska. And, I think a, a newcomer who's kind of interesting is this Efrain Cervantes a junior college transfer who got some academic uh, issues cleared up early on and then hit well over 300 uh, in the expedition league so that was somebody else and you know I think what I often look for Greg is is not necessarily just the stats also but kind of what what roles do some of these guys fill because at that it's usually indicative of, of what the coaches are looking for out of those players, the Nebraska coaches. Uh, so, again, Shannonman starting as an example. Kobe Gomez was an interesting one. He was a reliever most of this summer. And uh, in talking to Coach Bolt about that, he said, yeah, you know, it's." he did not rule out at all the possibility that he could return to the bullpen, maybe in the back end, if he was so good in uh, two years ago. So that's that's a possibility. Trey Kissick was another uh, player who came in mm-hmm. as a transfer who you kind of thought maybe would be a starter, but he was a reliever this summer, and he's really a role there. So, uh, you know, that's been fascinating to me is just to kind of see now that the coaches that have been here for a year, they understand uh, kind of what the players have, what they have on their roster, seeing the different roles that they uh, deployed them out into this summer has been fascinating to see.
0: Yeah, and uh, there's real reason to be optimistic about where that program is headed. And for those players' sakes, I sure hope they get most, if not all, their season in the spring after losing this past one. I mean, that that's a batch of student-athletes that have already been affected now. It's obviously affecting the fall athletes uh, so we'll just hopefully have some better answers down the road for them. But, Evan, we always appreciate the time. Thank you so much for updating us on all this. And uh, stay busy. It sounds like you're going to be. I mean, uh, this this story just keeps twisting and turning as we move through each and every day. And uh, we'll just keep following along with you and everybody else.
2: Sounds great, Greg. I'm, I'm ready for 2021, but we have a few more <laughs> months. Thanks.
0: No kidding. Thanks, Evan. Evan Bland. With- and we're back, hour number two, Friday night, Sports island here on the Hosker Sports Network. Hope you had a good week. Thank you so much for spending some of your Friday night with us. We are honored. Coming up this hour, Doug Dude is going to join us here in a few minutes. Doug is one half of the Doug and Daddy show out in the Carney hastings market. We'll talk high school football on that part of the state, who are some of the teams to keep an eye on here during the fall of 2020. Tonight is the first full Friday of high school football around the state. We'll also have, can't wait for this, with Tim and Austin, Some more Beyond the Headlines coming your way. And we'll have some open phones later on in the hour as well. But let's get underway. Joining us from out in the Kearney-Hastings DMI, Doug Duda. Again, half of the Doug and Daddy show. Great to have you with us. i tell you what, I, I miss seeing you in Chicago. We always catch up at the Big Ten Media Days.
3: Missed you and missed all of the fine things that go around the Big Ten Media Days. I wish we could have been there. I think a lot of people do, Greg.
0: That's always kind of the, the signal of the start of it, right? I mean, you, you get there and you're like, okay, now we can talk football and it's, it's on. And this year that was ripped away from us. But what hasn't been ripped away is high school sports. How, how happy are the coaches and ADs and, and athletes out in your neck of the woods that, that they're up and going?
3: Well, we had just uh, four football games last week. Hastings High got to play, and we've got more this week. And it doesn't matter if it's football or volleyball or softball or golf. Uh, they coaches to a T. They may say it differently, but they're so happy just to get to play. And the smaller the school, Greg, you know, you might have a football coach that's your track coach. You might have had a uh, basketball coach that uh, helps your golf team or your tennis team. And some of those kids got that ripped away in the spring, and they did not want to see it happen to them again in the fall.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy, particularly the kids that are seniors, that they're getting a chance to, to compete and participate in their last year of high schools. You mentioned Hastings. They, they went on the road to beat North Star last week. Let's talk. Let's start with them. W- what kind of chance do you give them? Are they going to be a factor in Class B?
3: Well, they should be. This is uh, Charlie Shoemaker continuing to build this program. They got over the McCook hurdle last year. And basically, obviously, Greg, when you get west of the Omaha and Lincoln, when you talk about Scott. And, and whoever else might be a, a powerhouse and B, it's who was it. Well, York was there for a couple of years and, and won a state championship. McCook's well, always been strong. Aurora's bounced back and forth. Now many people believe Hastings is the west of Lincoln team that might have the best chance.
0: Let's, let's jump up to Class A. What's going on with Grand Island? Is, are they playing tonight? What, and I know they're, they've had an outbreak of, of COVID-19. Give me an update on, on Grand Island.
3: Well, the Islanders are going to have their soap scrimmage, power powering scrimmage, whatever you want to call it tonight. And they have been really pulling the reins back because we know Grand Island was really the first city in March and in April that we were talking about having the, the, the biggest breakout. So they've been very conservative. But right before camp was supposed to open in fall practice, Coach Tomlin and one of his uh, other folks on the staff both tested positive for COVID. So they had to shut down, and the Kearney-Grand Island game was supposed to be tonight. They have moved that to Week 9 with Omaha Public Schools uh, shutting down. Everybody in Class A had a couple of openings, so it works out that they'll get to play in Week 9. But they didn't start practice till last Thursday. They were pushed back about 10 days. So Grand Island, and they're not allowing visiting fans for any of their home games. Mm -hmm. No visiting fans. It's four people family members, you have to turn in a list and tonight it's parents only to come watch uh, the soap scrimmage, but Grand Island gets pious next week to start the season and uh, it's unfortunate they've already did their whole stadium, they've got a huge video board, new press facility it's really nice and uh, we probably won't be able to see much of that till next year, but the Islanders will play next week soap scrimmage tonight.
0: Doug, does anybody see the irony that the State Fair opened today in Grand Island and they're open (laughs) for business and yet you can't go watch a high school football game at Grand Island High?
3: It's like Ohio State not being able to play with everybody else playing in Ohio. I've heard that so so many times. Yeah, uh, and again, State Fair, they don't have the concerts. They don't have the carnival, but they're trying to do the 4-H stuff. They're trying to have a little of the food, which is always kind of one of my favorite things about the fair, but um, just trying to get done what you can get done, I yeah. suppose, in all walks of life.
0: Yeah, no doubt. All right, how about Carney? What, what kind of team is Kearney going to have this year?
3: Well, the Bearcats... Have been right there. They started to win a few playoff games here the last couple of years. But Miko Mazner, who has gone on to Princeton as a as a running back, defensive back, has has left. Uh, he's graduated. Uh, they lose Seth Stroh, who's going to be a pitcher down for the Wichita State baseball team mm-hmm. on scholarship. Uh, they've been very strong in the quarterback position. Of course, Braden Miller is a walk on down there for the Huskers right now. And Cannon Coster, before that, is playing basketball up in South Dakota. So they they've had some D1 guys. Maybe Jack Johnson at the linebacker would be considered that if he has a good season here. I know uh, Coach Cool told me, he goes, the college coaches, since they don't have a lot that they can do, are watching so much high school tape that maybe a couple of kids uh, on the team will get uh, some benefits of that. But Carney doesn't have a whole lot of starters back. Uh, probably won't be looked at as some kind of a team that makes the semifinals, but they've got tough Southeast playing tonight. They've got Westside, and we saw what they did last night. They come in next week, and uh, later on they got Millard West. Uh, So maybe they could be a really good team and only win five or six games just because of the
0: competition. Yeah, we're visiting with Doug Dudoff, the the brains of the Doug and Daddy show out in the Carney hastings market. Doug, let's, let's slip into C1. G- give me a rundown of some teams in your area in C1 to keep an eye out for this year.
3: Well, we got Carney Catholic, Heinrich Harburg, and the boys are playing uh, tonight at Wood River Shelton, which is a new co op. And of course, uh, Husker fans know that Harburg has accepted the scholarship offer from Coach Frost. Kind of a bummer, Greg. We were hoping that recruiting would be open tonight. It would have been a perfect opportunity, Coach Frost returning home to Wood River to watch one of his quarterback prospects. But. Uh, NCAA not letting that happen, so we're missing out on that. Maybe the biggest game in C1 tonight, St. Paul and Pierce. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pierce has been a perennial rival. St. Paul bumps up. To uh, C1 after making the C2 semifinals last year. They've got a great team. Their coach Rusty Fuller was part of the Shrine Bowl this summer. And then Adam Central, uh, who made it undefeated all the way to the semifinals last year before getting beat. Uh, Evan Johnson graduated. He uh, took over Matt Masker uh, as the C1 all-time leading passer. So they're going to be pretty good, too, and uh, they shouldn't be too tested tonight. They take on Holdridge. But those are some of the teams in, in this part of the state uh, to look out for in C1.
0: Great. One of the things I love about your market is you guys have your pulse kind of on every single classification in the state, so I'm gonna I'm gonna really test you. Let's go C two. Give me some teams out in that part of the, the of the state that to, to keep an eye out in C two.
3: Well, kind of on our borderline is Sutton. Uh, They have just put together a factory, Sutton and Donovan Trumbull. Hastings, St. Cecilia has taken a step back, but for a while there, that was one of the best districts, regardless of class in the state. Sutton's going to be really good again. Uh, My alma mater, Ord, is supposed to be really good on the northern side of our our coverage area, so we hope that's the case. And then some other C2 schools just kind of trying to crack into that that top ten. Grand Island Central Catholic might be one of the more improved teams in C2 uh, around our area, and they've got a big one in the opening game tonight because they're you, playing Sutton.
0: Do you get out and do many D D games at all?
3: Oh, yeah. We see some eight-man. Uh, we had uh, Pleasanton in the state finals last year. Yeah. Kennesaw is a perennial power. We got their game with Axtell tonight. Uh, Burwell uh, from my Like I said, in the old stomping grounds, if I'm for more, Burwell was one to watch. They've been in four of the last five state finals. So uh, they're preseason number one or two in, in most of the D1 polls, Arcadia Loop City. The, the funny thing is, Greg, you're getting to a point now where you get all these consolidations or co-ops. Heck, last year, the the state champion, Osceola High Plains, is not together anymore. They're two separate schools.
0: Doug, I want your thoughts on this. I, I've heard this being floated out there with, with the Husker season being canceled. Memorial Stadium is kind of wide open. Traditionally, the state championship games are on a Monday and a Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. Because the stadium is wide open, what if we move those to Friday, Saturday? Would you be a fan of that? What about the the coaches and players? Would they be more of a fan of, and maybe the fans too, would they be more of a fan of having those games on Friday, Saturday?
3: They used to do that because Nebraska always had a bye week going into Black Friday. And going into the Big Ten, that changed, which moved those games to Monday and Tuesday and that's why they are where they are right now before Thanksgiving so I think everybody would be in favor of that talking with Nate Newhouse who runs football for the Nebraska School Activities Association they're not making big plans right now because they like everybody else have no idea how long we're going to be able to play high school football or even what kind of a playoff scenario we'll get Uh, we hope to get through this play the nine games and and see what happens but uh, I think a lot of folks would Would love to go play on a Friday and Saturday Memorial Stadium uh, like the good old days. Maybe even make it three days, Greg, because you can do Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They're making a change with eight-man as far as how they're doing the playoffs this year as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, instead of maybe playing three games a day, play two and spread it out a little bit longer. I, I think it'd be great. I hope they consider that if they get to that point. You were part of the uh, television broadcast for the Shrine Bowl. I was impressed that that one, they were able to pull that thing off. And, and to my knowledge, and maybe you know better, I don't know if anybody's had any issues since being a participant in that Shrine Bowl. How did you feel like that thing went?
3: The Shriners worked so hard to pull this game off when there was a lot of negativity about just trying to play a quote, football game or a sporting event. They worked so hard with everybody that they had to work with, whether it was the University of Nebraska at Kearney or the Chamber of Commerce or just getting the kids in. And there was a lot of roster shifts. They brought in more kids, but they made it through the week. One of the cool things was uh, the, the head of the athletic park department for the Shriners, has been a 40-year athletic trainer out of Texas. He's originally from Hampton. We got a chance to talk to him a couple of times. He was on the, Shriner, uh, on the uh, Shrine Bowl television broadcast. We talked to him. He had been a, uh, a guy that had picked up a, an artificial leg and had taken advantage, had, had been helped by the Shriners. It's a great mm-hmm. story, and he was on top of everything and worked really hard with the doctors here, tempt him every day. And, again, they were all so happy to be here. They did everything they could, those kids, those parents, those uh, uh, coaches and everybody involved to make sure that it went off. And, yeah, uh, we kind of expected maybe one or two would go home and and you'd hear something.
0: I haven't heard anything. Isn't that something? Well, that maybe bodes well for this this fall. Maybe we can get this season in at the high school ranks. Doug, we appreciate it. Great to catch up. Uh, I'll buy the deep dish next July, okay?
3: I'd uh, just love to see you sometime soon, Greg. I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you tonight.
4: project. Visit bathfitter.com today to book your free consultation.
5: And it's going to be just like the old days, you know, but even better, because now it's old school meets new school. Whoa, did you just dip your pizza in Dorothy Lynch? Yeah, man, it's amazing. Here, I got extra. Try it with your hot dog. Oh, wow. Hey, we need another hot dog over here. So as I was saying, it's a whole new game
4: now. Here we go again. Rooted in our tradition as a team.
5: Shake up tradition with the one-of-a-kind flavor that goes with anything, game day or any day. Dorothy Lynch, endless
4: flavorabilities.
0: Greg Schein, Ben McLaughlin back with you. Friday Night Sports Island here on the Husker Sports Network. Time for us to go beyond the headlines.
4: It's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Five seconds left in the game. So you there. believe in miracles? Yes!
6: And
5: that's the way it is. Good
6: night. Beyond the Headlines.
7: That's right. It is time for Beyond the Headlines. Austin and I have cooked up the best stories in the sports world and outside the sports world for this week. Nope hope you boys are ready and excited for it. We begin, though, uh, with actually something we already kind of hit on Tuesday uh, about top ten, uh, you know, whatever our nickname topic. Uh, Cam Newton, legendary QB of the New England Patriots, as you guys know, uh, has a new nickname for one of his teammates to throw into the mix. According to NBC Sports, Boston Newton has taken to calling wide receiver Julian Edelman Highway 11, what are you guys' thoughts on this new nickname? I'm kind of more partial to Minitron. I said it was one of my top ten nicknames of all time, at least among active players. But Highway 11, are you liking Cam's new nickname for Mr.
1: Edelman? <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. Just going to give it the buzzer.
0: Yep. Stupid. Why, 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 what's the motivation, you think, behind this? He wants to try to set his own trail? I mean, with this team or what? What do you think? I
7: guess I think that it's it's sort of something to do with speed, maybe. Like I, I but he's not highways. fast. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it's supposed to mean. <laughs> Cam Newton has an interesting fashion taste and an interesting choice of nicknames. I suppose there's something else we can say. Fun
1: fact: uh, I saw Cam Newton at the Charlotte Airport on my way home from my honeymoon. Wow, that's like wow. that's a real legendary. Wow. Occasion right there. Did yep. you did you say hi or I said Tim Curran is your biggest fan.
7: It's true. I mean I'm more of a Jarrett Stidham guy myself, but Cam Newton can can make his way into my heart as well.
0: It'll I think it's depend. stupid. Why well, I, I just think he's trying to blaze a new trail with that team, and he's trying to rename everybody, and that's 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 <laughs> that's, that's trying too hard, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's what that is. <laughs> oh man, that's probably right. I mean as much as I hate
7: to say it, it's probably right. Little, so you're
0: you're on the hook for Stidham's going to start.
7: I don't know if I w- I was earlier. If you had asked me a month ago, I would have been like ninety nine percent Stidham's going to start. Now, if you ask me, I'm leaning more towards. I well, I, I I still think Stidham will get the start, but I wouldn't be shocked if Cam takes the field. So let put me put ask me, you this, put Tim, me at 60-40. Wh- which one are you going to draft in our fantasy football league? I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, taking I'm taking them both. Um, which one do you pick him first. first? You can pick them both at the same time. Then 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 Cam uh Cam second. If we're going to snake it, hopefully I get, like, the back-to-back picks. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm banking on, but we'll see. Okay. <laughs> Good I, luck, dude. <laughs> thanks. Appreciate it. Yep. Hope it works better than the Hong Kong Cthulhu's. <laughs> well, that was, a, that was a shot across the bow. I wasn't expecting that. I'll have to gather <laughs> myself. Jeez. Rough stuff.
8: Great transition into topic number two. We stick with baseball. The Oakland Athletics released a uh, new piece of merchandise the other day. It's a hat, and it's not in the team's fabled Kelly Green, and it's not yellow. Hmm. It's not gray. But instead, it's a black hat with two cargo short pockets, one on each side of the hat. If you guys were given one of these hats to wear to the ballpark, what would you put in them? First of all, do we have a picture of that thing? I am finding one right now. Yeah,
0: I mean, I had the Brokini Raider launch. We might tonight. we might need to tweet that out so everybody can see that thing.
1: Tim has lost uh, texting privileges <laughs> to, to you and I. Well, no, no, no,
0: no. I'm saying tweet. Tweet this oh. thing out. Maybe let people vote. Would you wear this or not? So, uh, it's so like, the, like, the the players wear it?
8: No, just for fans.
0: Oh, okay. So it's in, like, their merchandise shop. Correct. Okay black uh, with cargo shorts
8: on the side. Cargo short pockets, one on either side. All right, I got to see this. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Hang on here. It is it is quite the invention as a as a known lover of cargo oh shorts, my I Lord, would wear yeah. the heck out of this. Thing.
7: I just I just looked it up and this is this is something else. This is like <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how to describe we, we that. We got to get that on Twitter, guys. We got to get that. I don't know, know what to... I would
1: put in
0: there.
8: I don't know what you can put in there other than like, put, like change like your... for parking.
0: Ben, you could wear it when you're golf and put like your golf tees up in that thing, right? Yeah. Extra golf balls, or like your ball marker up there. Yeah,
7: yeah. Now that Ben's a dad, he can totally start dressing like one. Sure, Um, that's a good thing to to do. Yeah, get ahead of the curve. Uh,
1: I I would would never purchase anything A's related, though. That's a thing.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the sworn enemy. I can't purchase anything A's related because I haven't seen Moneyball yet. I'm still waiting. I'll I'll get that with my rental. I
1: don't like the Oakland A's, so I'm not gonna purchase purchase anything from them. All right,
7: fair enough. Well, speaking of people that Ben loves, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been piping in crowd noise during practices to simulate what the broadcast will be doing. No quarterback Tom Brady, still feels weird to say, but Tampa Bay Buccaneers legend Tom Brady uh, quipped to report us today that it felt like what the Indianapolis Colts used to do when they played uh, crowd noise in the RCA Dome. The Colts allegedly piped in noise back from 2002, <laughs> 2007. Uh, well, first of all, I think this proves that the Indianapolis are actually the biggest cheers in football. But, yeah, uh, of course,
1: Tom's pointing the finger at somebody else. <laughs> Second,
8: One finger pointing to them, Austin, four pointing right back at you. Austin, yeah. these
7: are your guys. He's going after your guys yep. right I, here.
8: I'll be non-confrontational for now. Finish the question. Yeah, Tom, <laughs> but, yeah. what's the question here?
7: Yeah, Austin knows that they can see uh, the, the question is um, – how seriously do you guys take teams when they use artificial crowd noise during games? Not during practice, but during games. Do you guys think that is like kind of harmless gamesmanship or do you think it's a little bit more sinister than that? Are you are you not a fan or are you a fan of using fake crowd noise pumped into games to get that edge?
1: I treat it about the same as I would treat somebody who deflates footballs, <laughs> who spies on teams for game
0: film. That's about that's about the the ballpark I would put it. What's the difference between just Uh, cranking the rock music or the or you know because all these places crank up the music and memorial stadium does it they get it going pretty good what's really the difference between that and crowd noise well that's in between snaps right so like i guess the nba
7: is the one that plays music like all the time they're they're like just riffing 24 7 but football they play music between plays at least i'm not supposed to play it during a play but so the crowd noise could go over the play but I guess eh, if you're, if the, the, the reason why crowd noise can get affected in football is just because you are trying to do, like, pre-snap reads and audibles and stuff. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's tough. I'm
0: surprised this is kind of the first we've really kind of heard of this, right? I mean, he, he's obviously pointing the finger back five, six years ago when Peyton was there, and they had those big games with the Colts all the time.
7: Well, it was uh, further back than that. I think it was like more like 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. But now, in all, I was, ser-
1: in all seriousness, though, I, I, I don't. You don't need to be doing that. Just get a better crowd. Yeah. Be I don't mind. I don't mind the music stuff. No, no, music. No, music stuff's awesome. I, I appreciate the music. I mean, even you know, walk up songs in baseball. You know, the NBA playing stuff. I know the NBA play stuff during play. It's kind of hold the people's, atten- hold people's attention during play. But, um, yeah, I'm all. Uh, just not during. I mean, if it's for to get a competitive advantage, I'm not cool with that.
8: The Colts fans are just too respectful. They're not even willing to yell during the play, so they had to do a little bit of something.
1: Austin, in my wow. defense, I never pointed the finger at Indy. I just said I would be <laughs> against anybody that does that.
8: True. I, <laughs> I appreciate that support from a fellow AFC team, and you did see your Chiefs beat my Colts. so.
0: Yeah, and I also saw the the Colts beat the Chiefs too, so. It's one no of good. those
8: mattered a lot more than the other one. That's though.
0: true. The the Colts ha- have owned the Chiefs for the most part in the playoffs through yeah. the history. I mean, you go back, even Jim Harbaugh, quarterback to Colts team, to a playoff victory over the Chiefs in the 90s. And then Peyton had a game, I think it might have been a wild card game, where they didn't even punt during the game against the Chiefs. So they've, they've won their fair share of playoff battles of the Chiefs.
8: Indeed, Indeed. they have. Well, let's let's stick with football here for topic number four. As we heard and saw a couple nights ago, Nebraska football earned the commitment of Thomas Fedoni. He continued the trend of releasing a video on Twitter that showed who he committed to. So we want you guys to travel back to late high school, early college, Greg and Ben's minds. How would you guys have gone about announcing your commitment to your college football program?
0: I don't know that I would have done the hat deal. I don't. I just don't know that I would have done something like that. Uh, if there was Twitter when I was doing it, I might have done it that way. I might have put out something that way and made my announcement that way. Yeah. First of all, I would never be in a situation where I was big enough to
1: have people at my commitment <laughs> ceremony. Oh. Uh, it would be a. It would be sitting on a folding chair at midcourt with like my parents and in, in, in the stands. So that <laughs> that's an that image would be, right there. That would be entirely unnecessary. <laughs> Uh, but assuming I was some type of four-star athlete that I was important enough to have people that were interested in where I was going, the idea of of uh, of a live ceremony just doesn't really like appeal to me that much, you know. When you, especially when you're like watching your own video at your <laughs> ceremony, that's that's just a little weird. I, I would probably be a tweet guy. I would probably have one of those little graphic things made and um. You know make a little statement or whatever that's probably how I would do it so no hats, no
8: Superman style shirt reveal. no and I wouldn't Nothing do the thing where I like you? take
1: I wouldn't do the thing where I like take a hat off and then throw it and then like take a shirt off and then throw <laughs> that one and then
7: um...
0: that'd be that'd be more tim style yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd do it like a gender reveal
7: you know you have like the giant the balloon blue. you whack it like a pinata the and then like the team's colors
1: confetti comes
8: out yeah or something.
7: I, that that's how I because I, you know I mean I'm subtle I like subtlety, so that's the way I would go
8: but Austin, how about you? You know, I, I'm kind of along the uh, something on Twitter. I think that'd be cool. The I'm kind of with you, Ben, where the whole big live thing doesn't exactly suit me. You know, it might be cool to do have a, you know, a little bit of a spotlight worry in that position. But I don't know. I'm probably just going a short, you know, 10, 15 second video.
7: Yeah, Austin's
0: doing a TikTok dance. Photoshop
8: it and uh-huh. call it good.
0: Just ben, would a- you, would you do the Lamar Jackson video like you remember when he when he committed to Nebraska he had that whole video where he's like running down the street and <laughs> oh the the big production uh, yeah. Wandale
1: had one of those too uh when he committed to Kentucky that is uh no I I don't think I would because I don't know that I would want to go through you would just do the graphic that type of production I think yeah I would just put up one of those little graphic things yeah I'd probably go with like a feature length film I just don't think I'm like language. creative language enough to come up with like a video, you know? Like I don't think I, you know, I don't think my mind works in that way that that would be cool to people.
8: Well, you don't come up with it. That's why you hire someone to do it for you. <laughs> True. all right Well, speaking of high
7: production value, former St. Louis Rams running back John David Washington. That's kind of a stretch to call him a former Ram. He was like on the practice squad. Uh set to star in the upcoming Christopher Nolan film Tenet. Uh spoiler alert guys, it, it may or may not make my way on uh, Flicks Picks. Uh, very excited. Uh, but with that said, which current NFL player do you guys feel like would make a pretty good transition to the silver screen? And don't mm. say Patrick
1: Mahomes. Uh, that's not okay. I'm already. Okay, I'll go to Patrick Mahomes' teammate Travis Kelsey. Hmm. <laughs> He's got a tremendous personality. I think he would be really entertaining. That's a he was already call. on a show, wasn't there? Was like a dating with Travis? Yeah, or something he did like a that?
0: dating show. Yeah, yeah, he did do one of those dating rehab reality shows. Catching Man, Kelsey. That's a that's a good question, huh? I'm trying to think who would
1: you know you know who would be you know who we would all watch a show if he was on if it was like a reality show, and I don't even know if he's technically in the NFL anymore is Antonio Brown.
7: <laughs> oh Matt. okay, <laughs> yeah, TV. that'd be like yeah.
1: unhinged. I think that would be like online only.
7: You couldn't really air any. That's of it. a Netflix <laughs> special. Yeah, that's uh that's something else. Me riveted like a train How about right? Sherman. Yeah, that's fair. I think, he, yeah,
0: I could he see would, it. He's, well, one, he's really intelligent. He's he's not afraid to say whatever he wants to say. I think he would be, I think he could play some pretty good roles.
7: Yeah, I could see him in like a Shakespearean drama. I'm picturing it right now.
8: Gardner Minshew is an 80s cop. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> yeah. Super Troopers remake. There we go.
0: <laughs> Which put, is him in sh- put him in ships or something.
8: <laughs> you know, guys, I'm
1: Homer in it, but you know who wouldn't be terrible in like a, a comedic role is new Tennessee Titan linebacker Will Compton. Yeah,
8: yeah. there you go.
1: Yeah, that's that, I could see that as well. Will, just, Will is is all about like jo- joking around and goofing off. And didn't he sign this week? He yeah, did. Titans. Yes, one year deal with the Titans.
7: Ten, I see. All right, go ahead, Austin.
8: All right, topic number six here. We go away from sports, but earlier this week, a man found himself facing a wildfire at his house in Northern California. Uh, The man's family escaped the house, but the man stayed behind and decided to start fighting the fire. There was no water readily available, so instead he used multiple cans of Bud Light to douse the fire (laughs) around his home, and he eventually extinguished the parts that posed a threat to uh, his humble abode. So what's the most creative solution you guys have had to a crisis?
1: Oh, that's oh good. man, that's, that's clever. a tough question.
0: Uh, I bet he was sad doing it too. <laughs> oh yeah, you're pouring money out, out there than that. Oh my god, that's funny. Uh um Boy, nothing really comes to mind. I know,
1: I'm trying to think. It's a creative juice solution been to a, today. Clever solution to a problem. Hmm. That implies that
7: I was clever once. <laughs> Just a little hamster running on a wheel inside Ben's brain right now. He's racking through it pretty hard.
1: Yeah, I don't know, boys. I, I, I'm I'm gonna have to come back to you on that one. I take a rain <laughs> check. Either either one of you two have something. Well, awesome. Ask the
7: question, so you better have something for this.
8: I, I, I fished don't. a baseball out of a storm drain with a clothes hanger once. Okay. Oh, I was say baseballs in the bucket had to had to get that out and did the same thing kind of poked it from down a gopher hole found the the exit and managed to poke it out and around a couple times okay
1: here's what i got uh, it's not great but it's something uh my my frat house in college uh the the door if you've ever been in a frat house in college you know that's problems like this arise all the time about <laughs> every room but you couldn't shut my bedroom door because it locked from the inside all the time you couldn't unlock (laughs) the door so the door had to always be open or at least cracked um so obvious or i think i think only if it so only if the door was locked like it would close and and you couldn't open it even with the key something was something basically you would get locked out of the room all the time i and i and i don't remember what what the situation was but Having no prior knowledge, having no YouTube help, having no assistance from anybody, I picked the lock by myself uh, with a couple of tools i you know little utensils I found and was able to get in, get in the room because no, i don 't think there was anybody else in the house at the time. I was in there by myself or there couldn 't find anybody to help, so I managed to pick a lock with really not any idea what I was doing, and I got inside, which is pretty good for wow. me
8: like a paper clip or what kind of utensils we talk
1: i think I think it was a uh, you're You're MacGyver, Ben. <laughs> Man, Gosh. I don't remember. I don't remember what it was. Honestly, you used, like, the I, credit
8: card trick. It uh, might have been, uh, might have been a that? Pa-
0: I think a paperclip. I think it was. It might have been a couple paperclips. Honestly, I, I have done the credit card to get in a locked room before. That's worked for me. Yeah.
7: I don't have a good solution, my personal one, but I know my high school principal once used one of those, like, caution with wet signs to fight this bat that got in the school. <laughs> so he just whacking this bat uh, with a giant,
0: oh my be careful gosh. with wet
7: sign. There's a, a video of it, an ancient YouTube video of him fighting this bat uh, that's floating around the interwebs. But uh, that's that, one that way was to a, do it. That was a good one way to do it. Uh, well, we close out. Uh, with another interesting one uh elon musk demoed his latest innovation today the Neuralink brain implant essentially it's a computer chip that reads your brain signals and translates them into motor controls this type of technology supposedly can help people control things like prosthetic limbs or even help restore movement to paralyzed limbs um or it could even like help interface with other technology like it's your own personalized brain alexa uh, but Musk said he wants it to basically be like a human brain and artificial intelligence combination system, like a symbiosis, basically. I don't really know what that means, but it would basically unlock a new way to, quote-unquote, see the world. Uh, so with that in mind, guys, uh, you guys line up uh, to, to get your own brain chip installed if this thing ever hits shelves. Wow. That is wild, high-tech stuff. Yeah, he put yeah, in that pigs was- today. That was that was uh, he was, During his demo, he, he had a couple hogs come out, and one of them had the brain chip in, and he had the little monitor. See, with all the
1: synapses firing. It was kind of interesting. But. <laughs> there was a noise coming from one of my vents on my floor, and I'm having a hard time identifying where the noise is coming from. So I think I'll stay away from the uh, the brain mapping synopsis <laughs> types scenario but
7: with your with your new hybrid brain you could probably find and identify that noise and snap it off with your super brain but maybe you know, hey, I'm not trying to give you the hard sell. I should note that Neuralink are not yet a sponsor, though we would definitely be interested in,
0: <laughs> in that. But, uh, yeah, Neuralink brain implant. I don't think I, I could spell that, let alone I, invent I that. I don't know that I would be up for that. That's, that's That seems to me a little invasive. You just got know. to open your skull up, Greg. What's the issue? Now, if you want to give me one of those pills in Limitless, I might do that. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know that I want that thing on my head and implants and all that stuff. That's the next thing. Tiny Elon robot Musk. taking control. Yeah, i don't think i want to do that <laughs>
7: although i will say elon the one thing i want of elon musk is not not a tesla I, i'd take a tesla for sure but the the hyperloop <laughs> the hyperloop train system we need one of those between omaha and lincoln imagine out of game day just yeah. zipping down or just yeah. one in lincoln in general because the the beltway is not going to come for another <laughs> long long time so please please elon bring your innovations here i don't know if i want a brain chip either but uh, yeah. i'll definitely see
0: I think I'll pass on that. Give me the pill. I would do the pill, but not the. And on the pill, one. out on the yeah. on, on yeah. the other one. Yeah, that's all we got. <laughs> all right, I think we do need to take that picture, guys, and turn that into a, a, a Twitter poll would, tonight. Yes. With, if you put your team's logo on this hat, would, would you, you buy you this? Wear it? Yeah. <laughs> yes or no? We'll do. Let's do. Let's have some fun with that. Get that up around. Our, our runs a Twitter poll again. Our Husker Sports handle on uh, on twitter all right full lines are open for you your thoughts about any of those topics five three one here we are final hour of the night final hour of the week here on sports nightly we made it to the end of the hour all right uh this this hour we do have our weekend preview we'll have our weekend review A we'll look back at all the great guests we've had on the last several days and we'll have our winners and losers for the week as well but let's get the hour underway with the preview It's time for the Weekend Preview, the part of the show where we tell you everything you have to watch this weekend.
7: Come in, watch.
3: It'll be a good one.
0: Sometimes we give you good advice.
3: I could watch that all day.
0: But we're not perfect. There were times I'm like, this is so dumb. Why am I watching this? It's the Weekend Preview with Ben McLaughlin. Yeah. More weekend,
1: full of stuff, full of sports. That's good, right? Yeah, that's that's, that's inspiring stuff. Um, yeah, we got lots of action, which I didn't know was going to necessarily be the case after uh, the last few days with all the protests and the postponements, but... We do have uh, schedules for stuff, which is which is fantastic. Starting first with the NBA, who will be back in action tomorrow. Starting first with the game that started this all, the Magic and the Bucks. Milwaukee, the first team to protest a game and uh, and boycott a game. They will be back on the hardwood with the magic in Lake Buena Vista, Florida. In the wide world of sports complex, it's the Magic and the Bucks. Should be closed out tomorrow on ESPN. Milwaukee leads that game three that series three games to one. Two thirty tip for that
0: one. And tomorrow, yes, yes. You think about if you're Orlando, and I know they're right there in Orlando, but (laughs) these guys are probably thinking two days ago, "Well, we're out of (laughs) here." Yep. (laughs) Now they got to wait around forty-eight, half more hours. The good news is they're not too far away
1: from home. Orlando and Lake Buena Vista, Florida. So that's right, not too far. Then at five thirty, Thunder and Rockets TNT. Where you can find that one, that series a little tighter, two-two, in Game Five tomorrow at five thirty. Who do you like in this series?
0: What's the injury updates on all on that this thing? Um, I it, don't think uh, Westbrook uh, not ready yet. Well, I think I think, I think they said he's likely to return. So okay. that, let's assume that Westbrook's good to go. The, I, I like the Rockets to win the series. I don't think it goes seven, but it is two-two now. So Rockets. Win. I'm gonna hedge on whether it goes six or seven.
1: Okay, I'll say Rockets win two. I, I think it's probably in six, but uh, give me Houston in that series. Uh, then the other one seed in the Western Conference game five: Lakers Trailblazers. Over. Los Angeles leads three games to one. TNT, where you can find that.
0: Over. <laughs> all right, moving on. Would <laughs> you disagree? Well, I, mean, and come I, on. I did see
1: Dame went to Portland to get uh, opinions out. on his knee. Doesn't sound like he yeah. needs surgery. This is more so for future. Uh, doesn't sound like he needs surgery, but uh, going to get a second opinion. So, yeah, that one is all but done with. All right, games on Sunday Celtics Raptors game one at noon on ESPN hmm.
0: between Boston and Toronto. This is going to be a really hmm. good series, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, slight lean to the Raptors, but only slight. I think this one goes a long ways. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be
1: different. I'll, just to go on the other side, I'll say Boston wins it. I think it's going six or seven regardless, so I think it's going to be a really competitive series. It's been a really uh, uh, c- competitive series between the Clippers and the Mavericks. This is game six. Los Angeles leads three games to two. Uh, this one at 2.30 on ESPN. Do the Clippers close it tomorrow? Or, excuse me, Sunday? Yeah. Yes. I think they do finish it off. Okay. I think so too. Confidence level is about a four out of ten for me on that one. 7.30, that wraps it up on Sunday night. TNT Nuggets and Jazz. Game six, Western Conference first round. Utah leads this series three games to two. Does Utah and your boy Donovan Mitchell, Spida Mitchell, close it tomorrow?
0: That's, that has been a very entertaining first round series. Um Probably the most entertaining of the eight series is, And, yes, the Jazz finish it off and move on.
1: Okay. Yeah, very good. All right, let's go to the ice next. Let's go from one bubble to the next. This time, a frozen bubble between uh, hockey teams. This time, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Boston Bruins. 11 o'clock NBC tomorrow, game four. Tampa Bay leads the series two games to one after a miraculous, magnificent overtime win the other day when Tim said mm-hmm. the Lightning were dead to rights Tampa you agreed with them though. Tie if it in the third period. I said. I said my confidence level isn't real high because Boston yeah. seems to have their number. Um But how? How dare I doubt the Lightning? There, they've been clutch late in games and in the overtime periods uh, here in these playoffs. So they're up. This could be a huge Game Four if Tampa Bay can win tomorrow. They've got it all but wrapped up. But should Boston win, um, shooting matches
0: on from that point I, on. I do think that's going to go a while. That series. I. I I don't think it's a five-gamer. No.
1: Six o'clock, NBC Sports Network. So going from NBC to NBC Sports Network, Flyers and Islanders. Game four, or excuse me, game three, series tied, game apiece between Philadelphia and New York. Any thoughts on this series?
0: Um, Islanders have been a really big surprise in the playoffs, the way they've played since this all resumed about a month ago. I'll I'll go with a hot team. I think it's the Islanders. A lot, of, a lot of young
1: talent on that team, that's for sure. And then we finish it up at 845 with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Vancouver Canucks, game three series tied, game apiece. Uh, Vegas just seems to have a, a thing for the playoffs. Credit the Canucks for uh, getting that, get that series even, but through two games. My, my gut tells me Vegas wins this series.
0: Yep, I'm with you. Give me the Knights.
1: Playoff okay. Magic. And can we talk about, for a second, how unbelievable it is and how consistent that expansion team has been? Usually it takes forever for those guys to develop into a competitive roster, but they've been that way since day one. Then on Sunday, the Avalanche and the Stars. Dallas leads that series two games to one. Game four in the Western Conference. Second round, 5 o'clock, NBC Sports Network for the Colorado Avalanche and the Dallas
0: Stars. Dallas seems like they've uh, – Both those teams have been hot. I mean, the Avs scored all those goals in the last round. That that's that one's been. If you like a lot of offense, that's your series. Yeah, both teams have been lighting the lamp, pretty feverish pace. That's for sure.
1: Seven o'clock, NBC, uh, game four between Flyers and Islanders, and uh, game four between Vegas and the Canucks on Sunday. So uh, double dip for those four teams in the playoffs. How about some college football, Greg Sharp? Should we talk? Should we talk some, oh, yeah, should we talk some college football? Woo-hoo the eastern kentucky
0: what are they i don't even know, no, know what they eastern, are no eastern oh eastern kentucky's playing them on too on sat yeah against Marshall. i think that's next week by the way is it? you might no, you might double check sure that this i think correct. that's the
1: 5th well i'm on the ncaa scoreboard here so i think there's a couple this.
0: fcs games tomorrow including the the one that we've got a buy sell okay. question on
1: what what's the date let's get this correct here
0: I think Marshall plays on the set. No,
1: that's, that, that is tomorrow. Marshall. Marshall. Okay, they moved it. They, they have moved.
0: ESPN, is all. this is all whacked out. So let's go to a new source <laughs> here. Um, you do have a game on ESPN tomorrow night. We have a buy-sell question. It's <laughs> we're sent, ge- we're Central getting Arkansas. Let's, Central uh, Arkansas I got to go to P. a new source because this is all,
1: this is all jacked up here. Okay. <laughs> new source has Central Arkansas
0: and, uh, and UAB – that's next week too, so we're we're, we're still we're still, still a Mark. week ahead. It's Central Arkansas Austin P. It's three and a half as the line. Central Arkansas Ben, I think the ratings will be huge for this thing. There is a chance of thunderstorms tomorrow night, which could I did delay see that, that because of, of the bit.
1: the uh, hurricane hurricane. But Laura. but
0: if we have a buy sell. I took Central Arkansas and I'm giving three and a half to Austin P. Same. I think I'm with you on that actually. So I I think think about how much money in Vegas is going to be exchanged on that game cuz it's oof. like the first televised college football game of the year. I mean, oh boy. Okay, we're gonna have to find a
1: reputable site. I've gone to three different <laughs> sites, and all of them are just a disaster with their layout. None of them have. So basically, what I'm looking at here is none of them have pulled any games off. All the postponed <laughs> and canceled games are still are listed. still there. Yeah. So you've got some teams that are technically playing twice in a day. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna have to find a a more accurate accurate college football site but there, there is college football this week yeah that's the there bottom are
0: a couple of scs games but the prime one is that central arkansas austin p game eight o'clock on espn tomorrow night with Says that funky turf say yeah, that's the that's your prime game right there
1: <laughs> oh love it i love it all right will you now, watch I, oh probably I don't i'm know gonna watch I yeah i don't know I, why I'm, i wouldn't it's buy sell on the line so i'm
0: gonna flip it over
1: there sure um, I do have a reputable site for Major League Baseball. It okay, turns good. out the layout good, good. The layout here isn't isn't terrible. Mets-Yankees-Subway <laughs> Series are supposed to play two. They finally have gotten that second game underway. Man, Mets the Yankees big, are struggling. Mets had a big come-from-behind uh, win in game one. I think they scored five in the sixth. Again, it they did. only play seven in the doubleheader. So. Three home um, runs in that inning. Your boy the, Alonzo had one of them. The Yankees are decimated by injuries right now absolutely uh-huh. decimated by injuries uh, but they'll 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 give it a go again tomorrow subway series uh at yankee stadium twins tigers and the braves and the phillies have the national game on fox at uh on the east on the east coast that'll be 12 15 we're probably going to get the cardinals and indians um uh, in an interleague matchup on fox at twelve fifteen. you can also catch the royals and the white Sox on fs1 at 110 that's brady singer against Dylan Cease, so decent pitching matchup there. Cubs-Reds this weekend. Uh, Let's see, other matchups of note. Astros-A's should be good. Nationals-Red Sox is your ESPN Plus game. Anibal Sanchez against Chris Mazza. Boy, you talk about uh, on paper a a game that that should have been really good before the year, not so good now. Both of those teams are at least six games under 500. The defending World Series champs and the Boston Red Sox has been – tough scenes for them this year. Giants, Diamondbacks, Padres, Rockies. That'll be an entertaining series. You've got the MLB package. You might give that one a look as well. So uh, some decent matchups in Major League Baseball and obviously national games. Royals and White Sox will have one of those uh, tomorrow. We have the BMW Championship happening at Olympia Fields, Illinois. No, Teddy Greenstein was not invited to play in this. He is just allowed to cover We're it. Cover it, yeah. Uh, Patrick Cantlay through two rounds as your leader, Roy McIlroy, uh, is tied for the lead at one under Hideki Matsuyama, even and Dustin Johnson remains hot. Greg, he's in the mix yeah. here too. So should Tiger be uh, is not.
0: He, yeah. Did, did he struggle today? What did he finish yes, today? He's, he had a bad, bad day. So if you bought Tiger finishing in the top 10, I did for buy, out. sell. Yeah. Yeah. Out. Yeah. He, he shot 73, 75.
1: He is, I think you older. sold it. I think you I sold did. it. I yeah. sold Tiger and Teddy was saying that the course is playing really tough. Um, so yeah, we should be uh, we should be watching some 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 golfers struggle around the course here this week, and obviously Golf Channel uh, will take you through that one too. So and this
0: is NBC's return and, and yeah, to golf,
1: and, and NBC's too. So it's
0: it's since they came back, it's been all CBS tournaments for the last. So this is the first week the NBC's grabbed golf, and NBC will have a, a nice run of golf now, starting with this week. Yep, indeed.
1: So nope. yeah not there is there is still plenty there is college football this weekend we should have a, a um a, a more full slate of of uh college football from here on forward yeah. I mean again everybody's kind of starting at different times here <clears throat> Big 10 still doesn't have a start date but uh, plenty of action to get you through, that's for sure. Yeah,
0: there's there's more games next week, Um, Sunbelt, Conference USA games. The prime game next week, which is Labor Day weekend, even though this kind of feels like Labor Day weekend because we're right toward the end of August, but it's not. The prime game next week is a Monday night game, Ben, BYU Navy. And yeah. And have the big boys, Herb Street and Fowler, calling that one. So BYU Navy next Monday night on Labor Day night. I'll settle in and watch that one. It'll be kind of fun. Kinda fun. So they have they announced if if the the
1: big boys the TV boys are going to be on site or are they going to be doing that from studio.
0: It's a good question. Cuz ESPN put out some of their teams this week and who's calling what the first couple of weeks, but I don't know if I saw if they're going to be at the site or back in Bristol or what they're doing. I, or is a it question. a site by site basis? Maybe
1: maybe it's a, you know, maybe it just depends on on who's Could playing be. and what the rules are. Sure, Could it might be. be different depending on where you go. Uh,
0: I, I feel for you when you're trying to navigate that because I was doing that the other day and it was like, well, why, why do you need to list games as canceled or postponed? Yeah. Just take them off. Get them off well, there. Yeah, I mean, I thought I had found it and then I went to three different
1: sides. They've, le- they've left every single game up, so it's hard to find. Yeah. Anything that's actually going on, which is it's unfortunate, but all goofed off.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's there's plenty of stuff, particularly with the NBA and the NHL getting back on there. I do think that the Astros have walked from away from tonight's game. They were playing. Who do you say they were playing? Uh, they're. Uh, you say the Astros? Yeah, Houston Astros is playing Oakland. Yeah, and I, I'm told the Astros have walked, so okay. they are. Their turn. So they'll probably
1: be playing two tomorrow,
0: is what I, I would, would guess. I would think so. Yeah. IT'S THE SPORTS NIGHTLY WEEK IN REVIEW.
7: FROM MONDAY NIGHT, MITCH SHERMAN FROM THE ATHLETIC.
9: I STILL WOULD LIKE TO HEAR FROM THE MEDICAL PEOPLE WHO CONTRIBUTED TO THIS DECISION. THERE WAS A a TASK FORCE THAT WAS DIRECTED OR CHAIRED BY uh, A DOCTOR AT UNMC. and. You know, he's not in allowed by the Big Ten to do an interview or speak about this. So you now I hope going forward that as we get further uh, in into, into August or into September and we start to get a sense of, of what the rest of the fall is gonna look like, or I think we know what the rest of the fall is gonna look like, but what the winter and the spring are gonna look like. That the Big Ten does allow some of its some of the some of the people who who weighed heavy in making this decision to speak and um, explain to the fans and the parents and the players and the coaches a little bit more um, why the Big Ten felt it was necessary to do this and to do it when it did it, when there was still um, a month, well, there was four weeks or there could have been five, six weeks still
4: until the league started playing football.
7: The voice of the Tar Heels, Jones Angel.
4: The Tar Heels lost some marquee out-of-conference opponents. Of course, they were going to start with UCF and then Auburn. Both of those uh, were potentially top 25 matchups with the AP poll coming out. Carolina was... 18, I think uh, UCF was right around that range and Auburn was ranked as well. And so um, those could have been some, some really exciting and special early season matchups. But you hate losing those. Um, but I think it made sense from, from the conference standpoint. And of course, we've seen from all the conferences that are still playing that that is the plan. Um, not only from the travel aspect, Greg, but of course, from the testing mandated side or mandate side of things. You, you can you can say, okay, all ACC teams have to do this, and they have to do it this way, and and that can give you the best opportunity uh, to keep those numbers low as best you can. And so hopefully it continues to work, but man, uh, as we know, this is a day-by-day exercise right now. Things are changing every minute.
7: Alan True from
5: 24-7 Sports. Teddy Prochaska uh, going to Nebraska. He's a guy with, with extremely high upside, six foot eight, two hundred two hundred and eighty pounds. Kind of fits the mold of what we just talked about a little bit ago of guys at that position developing physically a lot from their freshman to sophomore to junior year. He's now six foot eight, two hundred and eighty pounds, and and that's the way we like him to look. Schools like those lean, long offensive tackles, uh, and then Heinrich Harburg, um, a, a guy who I had a chance to see in seven on seven. We've seen him at camp really like his athleticism a guy who you know could could is athletic enough to really play a bunch of positions but has worked that we're in the football and is going to be a dual threat quarterback to the next level and think in going to nebraska is going to the right guy and scott frost to take advantage of his speed and size and some of his tools Tuesday night.
7: The Nebraska Athletic Director's Show with Bill Moose.
6: I thought we had a very productive uh, meeting today and we also had some conversations with uh, general managers of the NFL teams uh, three or four of them that talking about the player combines and all those things that, you know, when, when are we supposed to have those? Can they alter their schedules and things like that? And also, discussion starting as to when would be the best time to start uh, a season after the first of the year. So there's still some debate on that. We're really just getting started. And it and it falls in line with other committees, a medical committee, and I think we're, we're going at it in a, in a lot, lot better fashion so that we can hopefully have conversations. Conversations with the presidents and chancellors with a clear-cut plan that really addresses any concerns that they might have at that time.
7: From Wednesday night, former Husker Jordan Westerkamp.
9: And this has never happened before, right? So it's tough, and I, I saw a quote today. I think it was from Nick Saban, actually, and he was talking about how um, if there were any juniors or seniors, if they, if they end up do playing the season in the spring, um, and seniors could hypothetically stay and do that if they wanted to, I guess. I mean, again, I don't know how it works. But right. he had a good quote saying, if there were anybody on the team, junior, senior, who had a um, a good draft stock um, grade, they would just they would leave, they would easily leave, and this this season would sort of turn into like a JV type type season. So that that was his quote today. So it's tough. And I don't know how, what I would do in that situation. It's it's,
7: it's just it's tough. sports director Kevin Suits.
5: So they have maintained pretty regular communication, and it was as simple as, not to oversimplify this, Greg, but okay, so if this team lost an opponent, so did we. You get on the phone, and honestly, within two days, that game is pretty much agreed upon verbally. Now it's just up to getting it signed off on where you're gonna play, what time it's gonna be, and making sure that equipment-wise everything is is okay. So I I didn't get the impression that this thing was a big stretch and a huge, massive undertaking that it became a burden, it was more of a I know this person, they know me, let's get on the phone. It's almost like, you know, scheduling some of these youth baseball games. You lose a game on a rainout, you want your boys to play two nights later, you just call somebody up and all of a sudden you've got a game in short time.
7: The voice of North Dakota State, Jeff Colhane.
5: So when when all those um, answers came down the line, uh, it it was made very clear for North Dakota State that they wanted to schedule at least one, if not more, if they could do it. Uh, They had... Had some previous conversations with Central Arkansas uh, just under two weeks ago and we're really close to lining up a game. In fact, I think they had really solidified a date and were ready to play until some communication uh, kind of fell through and some other questions popped up with, with how the season could look. So the big one uh, from Matt Ens's perspective, Greg, was being able to get the, the full 20 hours of practice a week to essentially have another fall camp, get some more practice time in, and then at the end of it have you know a little bit of a cherry on top with a football game at the end of the uh, the 30 days or so, and to to kind of go out in style into the off season.
7: Thursday night, Nate Klaus from Husker Online.
5: You know he's just right down the road in Council Bluffs.
6: You know with the, about an hour's drive of Lincoln and grew up a Husker fan and. Um, And and all that's before you get to, you know, his overall athleticism, his game-changing type of of ability at 6'5", 225 pounds, running a a 4'6", electronic 40. Uh, 37 inch vertical, uh, tremendous hands. And then he's just, his competitive spirit, his leadership, um, he's intelligent. I mean, he's got, he's the total package. And so I I think that as this class kind of progressed, um, you know, he was always right at the top of the board and, and, and I do think that he was, uh, he was going to be someone that could either really elevate this class to the next level or somebody that we look back and say, man, uh, that class was good, but it could have been really, really special with a guy like Thomas Vidoni. So he was, a, he was a monster pickup for Scott Frost and the Huskers last night.
7: Ryan Aber from the Oklahoman.
6: There hasn't been a starter name, but I, I think everybody uh, around knows that it's going to be Spencer Rattler. It's just a matter of time. Spencer Rattler, even last year during a very limited uh, action, only played three games and it was all mop-up duty. You could see what made him so special coming out of high school. You could see what gives him the potential to be a really good quarterback. The, the accuracy, the poise, the arm strength, things like that, the ability to run. Uh, I, I think Tanner Mordecai is a guy that they feel like could be a serviceable quarterback at, in the Big 12 and, and at OU. Spencer Rattler's the guy who has the really high ceiling who can be another of those guys to follow in the footsteps of, you know, Baker Mayfield and and Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts.
7: Teddy Greenstein for the Chicago Tribune. Look, Notre Dame, uh,
5: obviously they had a, a COVID spike on their campus, but these schools seem determined, absolutely determined to keep it going. And the intriguing question is... Do
7: the spikes on campus actually help the chances of the football team? Because if Notre Dame were to send all of its students home, then they could they would have a bubble on campus with the football
5: players. Now, would the administration go for that if there are no live classes? I think at this point they probably would. So Notre Dame could be really the tipping point for all this because if Notre Dame doesn't play, maybe the ACC falls apart. But if Notre Dame says,
7: we're doing this, it seems like the ACC says, great. And then if the ACC plays, more likely that the SEC and Big 12 does as well.
0: There it is. What a week! Thanks to Josh Shookerman for putting all that together. We're back. Sports I, Friday night. Time for us to name our winners and losers of the week. Lead us off, Ben. Sure. Winner of the week: Lucas Giolito fires a no-hitter Ooh. against the Pittsburgh
1: Pirates. 13 strikeouts. I, I, off the dome. I think it was 101 pitches, is what it took for Lucas Giolito. So. Congratulations to him, even though he's a pale hoser from the Windy City. <laughs> got to give him his uh, his props where props is due, so congratulations to him. Loser of the week, got to be the Big Ten Conference. I mean, I, I think we could just make, etch, etch this in the stone for uh, – I think this is the first time I've taken the easy way out, but it really got under my skin today with all that stuff that, that came out. So I'll, uh, I'll burn my get-out-of-jail-free card and th- throw the Big Ten Conference <laughs> under the bus again this week. All right, Tim. Yeah, I think that is cheating, Ben. You could
7: probably name your loser of the week for the next six months and you'd be pretty much spot on. But that brings me to my winners and losers of the week. You guys already kind of stole my thunder and mentioned this in the 6 o'clock hour, but Carson Crouch downing Ben McLaughlin's beloved Wildcats with a (laughs) game-winning kick. That was some good stuff there. Uh, As far as losers... I was, I was struggling to come up with a loser tonight, but I, I think the Cardinals game gave me one. Uh, how about Daniel Ponce de Leon having an exit after the first inning, getting slapped with four runs, and he's also 0-2 on the air. But also, you guys – might have to check this out. The, the Cardinals' Twitter account has it. It was a wild, wild 3 two, 8 double play that the Indians got caught yeah. up in. That Molina Molina's chasing down the, the runner on, on third and then gets the guy out at second. It was just a sloppy, sloppy play by all accounts on the Indian side. So. They're also my losers, just that play. But, of course, the Indians not losing on the scoreboard, but we don't need to talk about that.
1: First hey, uh, double play like that since 1963. Whoa. Hey, by the way, Tim, you're, uh, you're talking crap about my Wildcats. Your Mustangs are down 17-zip at half. So Look, that's,
7: Mill North has them right where they want them, Ben. That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's right where Fred Petito and the boys uh, start
1: their comeback. Just got to throw some more tape on those helmets, and they'll be all right. <laughs> Austin.
8: All right. Well, Lucas Giolito was going to be my winner. He did throw 101 pitches. Good research, Ben. You're accurate there. But with that taken, MJ Knighton, congrats to her on being the yeah. head coach of uh, San Diego. That's, that's awesome for her. Couldn't happen could to a better person, a better player. So definitely be keeping tabs on that. And, again, it's hard to pick a loser that's not the Big Ten Conference. If Nebraska preps are playing high school football for a couple weeks now and the Big Ten isn't, that uh, that's, that's not a great look.
0: Which, with each game that gets played in the next month and a half, it's more and more egg on the face of the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. All right, my winners are those eight Nebraska football players. Good for them, taking a stand, taking the fight to the Big Ten conference. Uh, they, they, it's something they believe in. They're going after it. They're not asking for money. They want information, and they want the ability to play at a craft that they work worked very hard at. So good for those guys. They're my winners of the week. My losers of the week are the New York Mets. Not for what they did on the field, but for where they kind of took this story yesterday, throwing some blame at the commissioner for not playing a game last night with the Marlins and then having to come back an hour or so later and go, yeah, yeah, that little thing we floated out there, that's not accurate. Uh, That was our idea to to wait an hour and then play again. So just a complete bobble job of the Mets, and that's kind of typical for that organization as they've kind of bobbled their way through, although they did win game one today against the Yanks, losing in the nightcap. Of that one, so uh, some losers in the major leagues from our from our group here today. Although you had the winner, and Giolito was fantastic.
1: Yeah, Manny Machado could have been nominated for a winner. He's been hitting the crap out of the ball. Um, yeah, there's there's some potential winners in there too. But yeah, handful of losers in the major leagues. That's for sure. Big plans for the weekend? No, might try and get out and play golf. Um, it is actually my first daddy-daughter day all by myself with my wife going back to work on sunday so i might use tomorrow as a mental preparation day and uh just to try and get myself ready for a whole day of caring for a child all by myself you'll make it
0: you you guys will survive that all right uh, great week thanks everybody for being a part of the show throughout the week a lot of things we threw at you over the last several days but we appreciate all that thanks to ben to tim and to Austin for his help tonight on the program. Enjoy the weekend. Get out and enjoy some weather here on the weekend, one of your last summertime weekends. Talk to you on Monday. This is the Husker Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. You're listening to Sports
2: Nightly. In sports, success is measured in the number of points scored. In games won and in championships earned, At Shelter Insurance, we measure success in the quality of our products and services, in how we support our communities, in being there when you need us most. In fact, 9 out of 10 people surveyed with a claim would recommend shelter to a friend. To find out how shelter can be there for you, visit shelterinsurance.com. Wear your shield. Wear your shelter.
8: As the Huskers head to halftime, Frank is off the couch and headed for the fridge. Ooh, but he can't make it because he's so hot. The air conditioning is out again. But wait, he sees an opening.
5: SOS. SOS he screams and calls.